So I don't know at this point as what transpired with this incident, but it's still ongoing. So probably give me about a couple hours, and then we can give you an update from there if we have that information. Indoors or outdoors, the shootings? I don't know if this was indoors and or outdoors at this point. What I'm sharing with you guys is happening live. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's good to be with you. This is a shooting in San Jose. We don't have much data yet. You're not going to hear me really dig in on this story until tomorrow when we have more information. I mean, that right there is a representative of local police, could be the sheriff's office, this being California, uh, not being able to provide any information, and it's going to be a couple hours before they have it. So there's no sense in going through information that's going to change second by second. What we do know, this is San Jose, California. This took place this morning. It's a shooting at a light rail facility. At this time, there is not an exact number of people who were killed, who were injured. We don't know about shooter. We don't know about weapon. We don't know whether or not there were multiple shooters. Uh, Confirming uh, the Santa Clara, Clara Valley Transportation Authority employees were among the victims. So you know that's going to lead to a rush of people checking in, seeing if it's their relatives, their family. They're going to set up the staging areas. This is going to take time for people to sort out. Right now, we're hearing about a dead suspect. We don't know if that's the only dead suspect. You have the mayor, Sam Licardo, tweeting out that there is no longer a threat. That's the quote, quote, unquote, no longer a threat, but not sure whether that means they've got all suspects uh, in custody. We're going to follow. We're going to provide information. But, guys, I'm here to tell you, no, no, ma- no matter where you're at, we're not going to have a real picture on this until tomorrow. Yes, there are going to be a myriad of questions. We have a shooting in California with those gun laws, right? That's going to come up. Who is this person? Who are they connected to? What was the motive if indeed we have one? But we have multiple people dead. We don't yet have an, an, an absolute answer. This is San Jose, California. The shooting took place at a light rail facility, which is actually next door to the Santa Clara County Sheriff's Department across the freeway from the airport. It's a busy, busy spot. I'll get you more on this information, guys. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be tomorrow. That's when we're really going to start finding out what it is. I mean, they usually have these press conferences in these, you know, every four hours, every five hours. So uh, for those of us on on Central, right, uh, or Eastern Central Midwest, they may not be doing a presser until midnight, 11 p.m. our time. It'll be 9 p.m. for then before we even start getting basic information out. You're going to see things on your social media feeds. Guys, don't trust that stuff. Take a breath and take a beat. Everyone is desperate to be first. You need to really be right. Putting out the wrong information in these kinds of situations, ugly. This is the reporting right now. I expect it all to change. Ugly is what's been going on with Dr. Fauci. Man, I, I, I've got so many ways to come at this. Dr. Fauci speaking in, in front of Congress. Ooh, my. You know, now, of course, we need to investigate. Now we need to take a look at what happened uh, in, 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 you know, in, in this Wuhan lab. And as Rand Paul has pointed out, you can't have Dr. Fauci doing any level of investigation whatsoever. 
I think the most important thing is that the investigation can't be done by the WHO or an international group, but it also can't be done by Americans who are involved with funding the lab. So Dr. Fauci and his hand-picked person from EcoHealth, they can't investigate themselves because they gave the money to the lab. They have a conflict of interest and a desire to make sure nothing bad is discovered that could have occurred with NIH money. So they can't be the investigators either. And this is very important. I think Dr. Fauci should be made to testify under oath about the money that was given to the lab. And the good news is yesterday I passed an amendment on the Senate floor that says no more gain-of-function money can be sent to China. This is very important because this could happen again. I mean, they are experimenting with a SARS virus, which is 15 times more deadly than COVID-19. COVID-19 kills about 1%, but that's been 3 million people, more than 3 million people. If SARS got out of the lab, that could be 50 million people. So this is a very important task ahead of us. Okay. We have a we have 11 labs in our country that do this kind of re- research. Yeah. Funding the Wuhan lab uh, has always been a mistake and will continue to be a mistake. Funding any lab in China is a mistake. The argument of keep your friends close and keep your enemies closer Well, what exactly did we get from keeping our enemies closer in the Wuhan lab? COVID leaked from a Wuhan lab? I I thought we had already discussed this. Oh, that's right, we did. Other people were too afraid. Oh, it's conspiracy theory. That's how media engaged the shutdown of that conversation. But I want to keep it on Senator Rand Paul. Because he said something else about the anger in society. That... It stuck with me because we were sharing the other day that the the former pop singer Richard Marks, he's a he's a nasty son of a you know what on on Twitter. He's a nasty dude. I, I don't know why. Oh, you believe Trump, Putin's puppet? Like he's one of those. It's like oh man, that's sad. That's sad. What do you? You don't have to be this angry. You don't have to be this hateful. And he's angry and he's hateful. And what he said of Senator Rand Paul is that he would buy all the drinks someone could drink and hug a person who tackled Rand Paul. Rand Paul got attacked by his neighbor. And there's nothing funny about it. Rand Paul got seriously injured. There were surgeries. Serious, serious damage done to the man. Because somebody, what, didn't like his politics? This is where we are at. We talk about fights on airlines. You're seeing uh, attacks. Oh, right. We talk about what's happening to, to Asian Americans. Notice, by the way, that the attacks in New York, 99% of those, and I'm creating the percentage there, happen from black men. Which is one of the reasons media stopped talking about it. Because if you're going to have anti-Asian attacks, it's supposed to be from white people, damn it. If we're going to have ourselves a narrative, it's got to be about white people. Well, when you're so desperate to create racial warfare as opposed to noticing what's happening, you can discuss what that does to people, but you also need to discuss where that comes from. It comes from this place of anger. Comes from this place of wanting to destroy, wanting to win so desperately, wanting to control so greatly and fully and completely that all you're left with is hate. It's like social media. Social media is a dumpster fire. 
Everybody hates everybody. Everything is based on it, built on it. That's not happening in my real life. You know what my real life is? My real life is me in a cigar lounge, which is basically how I want to spend my life anyway. I want to spend my life having a good cigar and talking to smart people about interesting things. And, and that's actually where I'm taking it. That's where I'm directing my life. You know, sometimes it's because life directs you that way. Sometimes it's because you can't deny what is working, even if you thought something else was supposed to be your path. I know what I want to do. That's always what I wanted to do. All right, I guess I got to really jump in there with both feet and go do it. But when I'm in a cigar lounge, it's, it's every walk of life. It's every walk of life sitting and chatting. I've had more conversations about parenting in the cigar lounge than I have about politics. How to deal with the kids in this, what's going on with the schools with that. Every now and then there's a car conversation. I'm not really great at, at those. I like I like what I like, but I, I don't think I'm so much the guy changing my own oil. It's a good skill. Don't get me wrong. Sometimes it's a gun conversation. I pay attention to those. And there are some people who can really go a mile deep. And sometimes it's a political conversation. Can I tell you, for all the political conversations I've ever had in a cigar lounge, none of them have ever gotten heated. People have been white and black and Hispanic and Jewish and Christian and Muslim and men and women and gay and straight. And not a single one of them has ever gotten heated with rich people and working class people. Not a single one of them has ever got heated. How does that happen? Because if I go uh, to social media, if I try to have that conversation on social media, well, it's... What's the procedure, everyone? What's the procedure? Stay f***ing calm! What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. I mean, that's, it's just awful. It's because social media is not real. Social media is not real. But what's happening is that people are taking that and applying it to the real world. So it is dangerous stuff. Senator Paul's addressing this, talking to Martha McCallum on Fox News. But let's start with where this investigation is now. Any information on who may have sent you this letter with the white powder? Oh, that's right. Senator Paul had a letter with white powder sent to him, like uh, the days of anthrax. I lived in Washington, D.C. when that was happening. We didn't get mail service for a week or so at a time. A crazy time. Senator Paul. No, they will investigate it. It's hard to find people who send through the mail, but they do sometimes, and they will continue to look. But for, you know, people like this, uh, you know, songwriter from a long time ago that no one's ever heard of, you know, the thing is, is that hundreds of people on Twitter every day are wishing me violence, wishing my family violence. Twitter claims that they have a policy, but they don't take it down. They leave it up. Twitter's now announced today this guy doesn't violate their policy. So he's allowed to offer to buy drinks to some 
somebody, you know, I almost died at one time from the infections and from the lung surgery that I had. And they're allowed to go on Twitter every day. This company allows them to go. And it's a private company, so they can do it if they want. But this is a private company that basically hates conservatives, hates Republicans. They don't want us on there. And ultimately, the answer maybe is Republicans need to just quit. We just need to leave it because every day they allow hundreds, if not thousands of people to wish me and my family violence. And frankly, I'm tired of it. Uh, you know, I'm just I'm just tired of them allowing this and I'm tired of them blaming it on the right. I was at the ball field when a Bernie Sanders shooter almost killed Steve Scalise, wounded five other people. So I'm, I'm sick and tired of the violence coming from the left, but then I'm sick and tired of the left wing press then blaming it all on Donald Trump or on me or others. So I, I'm tired of it. I think he's speaking for a lot of people there. I think Rand Paul is doing a very good job of expressing where a lot of people are today. You know, for for me, um, first I'm a I'm a, I'm a conservative talk show host. Secondly, I'm Jewish. Oh man, there's a lot of people after me. <laughs> there's a lot of people after me. I mean, I, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. Uh, I, I, there's a reason I carry a gun everywhere I go. There's a reason I have, like, legit cameras on my house. Like, crazy legit cameras on my house. To walk in fear is not who we are. And no one should have to do that. But with a society that is walking in anger, that doesn't believe in the basic concepts of civility, and civility is not please and thank you and holding the door open for people. Civility is the ability for people to disagree in the public square, and the majority not executing the minority. That anger is so with everyone at all times. That the idea of rationality in the world slips away. It, it, I, I, I know I'm going to get into it again. I know it. It is imperative. Imperative that you recognize where that is happening in your life. And ask yourself what you can do about it and then proactively do it. Because you know who's watching? Your kids. Damn straight. Oh, I know, I'm supposed to be talking about something about Nancy Pelosi, stupid. Guys, there are things bigger. I know we got to deal with the threats from within and without. I am aware, but dear Lord, you go home every day and there are your children looking at you, wondering how they're supposed to act in this world. You're going to have to show them, not tell them, show them. They have to see it. And then you're going to have to show your friends, and then you're going to have to really start by showing yourself. Richard Marks has tons of money. He's got the, 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 the model wife. He's had the success. And how does he spend his days? Yelling at Trump supporters on Twitter and wishing death on senators. He can't find happiness. Hate corrupts the brain hate rots the brain and there's a lot of hate it is up to us 
to not, to find a better way and to make sure that our kids are able to handle the world that comes at them without thinking that they have to resort first to, to lashing out. That someone who disagrees with them is not somehow uh, a, a, a virus that has to be destroyed. I think Rand Paul's speaking for a lot of people. I think people need to do a lot of soul searching. I'm Tony Katz. Strangest response I've ever seen to a tweet. This has to do with McDonald's. There is a McDonald's in Illinois that is having such a hard time hiring people, they're offering iPhones. Now hiring free iPhone after six months of employment and meet employment criteria. Well, they're not just going to hand it to you. They got to make sure that you stick around and you've earned it. Ah, maybe that's the problem. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. It's so good to be with you. So uh, th- this tweet comes from, from Phil Kirpin, you know, friend of the show. Um, uh, and, and so I retweet it. And this guy Ashton, explain this to me, producer Ari. This guy Ashton responds, hope they go out of business. What? They hope McDonald's goes out of business, I guess. Why? Because they won't pay people a living wage, I guess is the argument. I'm going to punch you, Ari, so help me God. I'm not saying that. I was saying that's what he's saying. I, 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 it's just, it's the weirdest of all the things. And I've seen a lot of things and a lot of hateful things and go blank your mother and all that kind of stuff. You hope McDonald's goes out of business is the, is the strangest. Do you not like an Egg McMuffin? The greatest food of all time. By the way, there, there, there are very few reasons not to have an Egg McMuffin. It's perfect. It's perfect. If you said to me right now, would you like an Egg McMuffin? On air, I'd eat an Egg McMuffin. You know what you don't do on radio? Eat. You don't eat popcorn or, or peanuts while you're doing radio. Oh, that's that will only end in disaster. But an Egg McMuffin, three at a time. Let's go to work. Perfect food. End of Thanksgiving, you're stuffed. You know, it's like, it's like Mr. Creosote. Would you like a, a mint and his waffle thin? Uh, would you like an Egg McMuffin? Oh, yes, please. Yes, I would. Yes, please. Just if you would just move my mouth in a chewing fashion for me. I'm very tired after eating all the Thanksgiving meal. Without question. Count me in right there. Uh, There are serious things going on. Record numbers of suicides uh, we've seen in the military from a couple years ago. And these military issues still go on. We're going to talk with one woman who has got a personal connection and ways to fight it. This is Tony Katz today. I don't know if the NBA explanation satisfies anyone. LeBron James, Porzingis. The story there, All right, here, here's the, the story. Tony Katz, so good to be with you on Tony Katz today. Uh, LeBron James, he goes to an event for the launch of a tequila he's a part of. He doesn't get fined by the NBA. How do I pronounce his name there, Ari? Christops? Christops Porzingis. Christops Porzingis, he is at a club. Um... 
about a week or so ago, I guess, maybe less, uh, and um, he gets fined $50,000. So he goes to this bar, this club, where you're not allowed to go, that's league rules right now regarding COVID, $50,000 fine. Then you've got, uh, that's right, LeBron James, he goes to an event uh, at 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 a place where you're drinking, and nothing. So why doesn't LeBron James get... Why doesn't LeBron James get fined? Well, because where LeBron James was, they, they tested everybody for COVID. Or you had to have, be approved for vaccine. They, they did that? Oh, LeBron James was outside. He, he was? You see, according to NBA rules, you're allowed to do things. You are allowed to do things when it comes to uh, your, uh, your, your business. Oh, Okay. Does anybody buy into that? That the NBA had to work this hard, dig this deep, to be able to come up with an answer as to why one guy gets a fine but LeBron doesn't? Couldn't have you just said, well, well, it's LeBron, we just don't do these things. It's LeBron, and we just don't pay any attention to that. No, 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 it's just LeBron. It's just LeBron, that's the way it is. That's all. Uh, 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 all right. All right, if, 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 if you say so. It seems like they dug pretty, pretty deep. Pretty deep indeed to be able to come up with this answer. One man's theory of how this went down. Now, one of the things we, we, we speak about is, is I've talked about my life um, and spending my 20s just in a, in a miserable state. And really, the, the depression of my life is happening earlier than that and spending uh, how, what it's like to have been suicidal in your life, right? That things do get better. Not for everybody. They, they did for me. It took work and it took energy. And, and uh, I'm glad. But when we take a look at what's going on with veterans, um, we, we often see that it was, it's a 22 veterans a day are committing suicide. That's, that's a massive and alarming rate of what's going on. And there, there are people who are dedicating themselves to kind of figure out what is happening here, one of those people is uh, Gretchen Smith, uh, a veteran herself, lost her own father. It's a PTSD. Uh, she created what is called Code of Vets. Code of Vets on, on Twitter is, is where you go. It's a nonprofit. Uh, they have raised over $4 million in under three years, 2% operating costs, and they work to help uh, veterans. Gretchen joins us right now, and I want to let's start a little bit with, with, with you. Uh, where did you serve? What branch of the military were you? I was an Air Force veteran. I um, served roughly four and a half years. Three of those years was over in Ramstein, Germany. I was a security specialist back in the day um, and really enjoyed my time in service, and it, and it prepared me for life. Uh, the, the tools that they gave me 
um, really allowed me to build a successful life. And I'll always be grateful and con- contribute my success to the United States Air Force. It's interesting to hear you say that, right? Because in, in a very, I mean, this is an intense conversation. And it's an intense subject that, that you deal with. Your father served uh, in, 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 the, in the military, uh, bronze, bronze star medal recipient, 100% disabled Vietnam uh, a veteran. Um, and it was post-traumatic stress. He took his own uh, life. Now, different experiences in the military are, are different things. When this happens and when this takes place, as you look back, do you see things uh, that your, your father exhibited? Or as we hear about this with many people, you don't really sometimes know what is in somebody's mind. You know, Dad struggled from the time he got back from the jungle. His behavior was really chaotic on the outside, and it was a direct reflection of how he was feeling on the inside. Uh, He did, you know, he just, he he wouldn't allow us to assist him as his family. He did go to the Asheville, North Carolina VA to let him know early on how much he was struggling. He was unraveling, couldn't keep it together, was in and out of trouble. And they they basically told Dad at the time that he had something called shell shock, um, that he needed to suck it up and be a man and never speak of it again. Um, But as we all know, that's not the thing to do. Um, It ate away a dad like cancer. Um, Dad was a damn good soldier, uh, followed orders, and that's what he did. But in the end, um, it cost him his life. Um, He needed the help. And there is nothing wrong with reaching out and saying, I need help. I cannot do this on my own. Uh, And I feel like we've made a lot of progress. We still have a long way to go. Um, But suicide is still a huge issue in our community. You're talking about in in a a veteran community and the website for those uh, playing along, Code of Vets, V-E-T-S, codeofvets.com is is where you can go. Uh, As a VA now, what level of assistance do they put to people who are in this kind of of position, and where is it failing? If if it is well, there, yeah, well, no, there's there's a couple of big things with our veterans is when they do reach out for help, a lot of them are afraid or will not because they do not want to lose their security clearances. Um, that's part of who they are. Um, that's how they get their jobs. Um, that's their skill set. And they are at risk for having those pulled and removed when they do reach out for and saying, I'm struggle, struggling with my PTSD. I'm having suicidal thoughts. Also, their grant gun rights issues are at stake uh, permanently. Um, I've seen it happen myself. I've, been, I've witnessed it. They have removed gun rights from veterans who were suicidal and reached out for help. So that's something that we need to work on as a nation and to say, hey, when our warriors step up and say, I, I, I need some help, we don't punish them. We don't remove things from them from their life, their ability to work because they're asking for help. We walk with them. We work with them to figure out solutions around that. Uh, So I I have found that is a contributing factor with our veterans not wanting to reach out, Tony. Talking to you uh, from Code of Vets uh, dot com, uh, talking to Gretchen Smith. Um, 
So the work that you guys do is about is is about it, not necessarily a supplement, but rather the idea, and that is a frightening concept that you can't talk about what's on your mind because you'll lose your livelihood, which is a whole another level of pressure that's put upon you uh, or put upon the, the, these veterans. So when they come to you or you reach out to them, walk me through that interaction. Well, it's usually in their dark moments, and, you know, we have phone conversations. I really try to funnel them to my partner, Dr. Cindy Walter, who's actually trained to handle crisis situations. So we will find them local resources in their area um, to go to. We try to work outside the VA. We do work with some of our VAs throughout the country that, you know, are up and functioning and doing really well. You know, there's different regions, and, you know, there's some that are great and some are not so great. But when our veterans don't want to use the VA, we have a couple different partners and we offer them as options. We will pay for their plane ticket to get them out to a facility in uh, Camp Hope in Houston, Texas. And they particularly work with combat veterans with PTSD and TBI. They're a phenomenal organization. So we just try to work with our veterans behind the scenes when they contact us in, in crisis and say, we, we can help you. We can get you the resources you need. You know, there's no cost to you. We can help you try and keep your job safe. Um, and tr- just try to work behind the scenes because uh, anytime you, you know, get into the VA system and you, you admit to having the suicidal thoughts and struggling with that ideation, it, it puts you at risk. Um, and so, and so when you're now it. talking to veterans outside of that world, what, what is their reticence? Do they have a question about working with you at Code of Vets, uh, CodeofVets.com because they feel it might affect their job? Oh, yeah, that, that's that's one of the primary things that we discuss when we initially start talking to these veterans and they're they want to know if we have a, you know, a direct connection to the VA and we don't. We're, we're you know, we're nonprofit. We run on grassroots or, uh, donations. We have get no funding, no no uh, formal affiliation to the VA. So that's a huge and when that's a red flag when the veterans are concerned about that, you know, and this is across the board. Um, so this is a common thread in the veteran community that those concerns of when they are suicide or they're struggling with those uh, that ideation, you know, is it safe for me to go to the VA? Um, and a lot of them don't feel that comfort level. So that's why we have to have, you know, other options out there for them, which we do. We just need to guide them to it in those moments. When, when you're in a dark moment, you're not thinking clearly and you, and you don't know where to look, you know. Gretchen, talk to so me about. Social media is a immediate place for them to reach out and say, I need help. Talk to me about the dollars and cents uh, 4.6 million dollars in under three years two percent operating costs dollars like that are real dollars and an operating cost like that is i think considered by many uh, ra- rather low talk to me about where the money goes if somebody is donating i mean it's a serious thing to take your hard-earned dollar and say you're engaged in something i believe in where does the money oh, I- go it goes directly to the veterans. We are very unique in the way we operate. We purely operate on social media platforms. We put out veterans in need in the moment. And as the funds come in, I am sitting behind the computer and I'm sending those funds directly back to the veterans. So this is real time. We are impacting veterans in practical ways in their lives in that moment of financial stress. And uh, trust me, with COVID shutdowns and restrictions, there is so much financial ruin out there amongst all Americans, not just the veteran community. But it alleviates some of the, the pressure on our vets who are struggling with PTSD and other issues 
it gives them just uh, some breathing room. And, you know, if we can cover their bills for one or two months, it gives them the ability to find long-term stability versus digging themselves out of a hole. So it's just a great way for us to network and help veterans in every state of this nation. And it's effective. We're efficient with the money, 2%. You know, it's hard to beat that. We both work from home. My partner, Dr. Cindy Walter, and I do not take a paycheck. We volunteer seven days a week, and we are out there um, letting our vets know uh, we've got your back. Uh, and, and the nation is, too. Um, we couldn't do this without the support and the donations of uh, our donors. Gretchen Smith. Uh, I appreciate you taking the time. Code of Vets, V-E-T-S, codeofvets.com, if you want to be a part of what they're doing. Uh, Look, uh, all, all the best to you. Keep me posted, and let me know how I can be of service. Thank you, Tony. Absolutely. More to get to. I'm Tony Katz. Gun owners are going to lose their stuff. I got to share it. I don't I don't have an option. Oh, oh, listen, hands on 10 and 2. I can't have anybody driving off the road. If you're at your office, um, uh, do do try to keep control. If you're at home, uh, I'm thankful. I am thankful. Tony Katz, Tony Katz today. David Chipman is the nominee to uh, for president uh biden to lead uh the atf bureau of alcohol tobacco and firearms and he is a guy who is not so much a fan of guns not at all not in any way and when senator tom cotton asks him a basic question what's an assault weapon Oh, oh. oh, let's listen. You have called for an assault weapons ban. I have a simple question for you. What is an assault weapon? Senator, um, an assault weapon would be, in, in the context of the question you asked, what Congress uh, defines it as. So you're asking us to ban assault weapons. We have to write legislation. Can you tell me what is an assault weapon? How would you define it? If you were the chair, the head of the ATF, how have you defined it over the last several years uh, as your role as a gun control advocate? Um, Senator, um, if I'm confirmed as ATF director, um, you know, my recollection is the only um, um, process by, by which ATF is weighed in is that I know there's a demand letter three program, which requires multiple reports, uh, multiple sale reports on the southwestern border. And ATF in that program has defined an assault rifle as any semi-automatic rifle capable of accepting a detachable magazine um, above the caliber of 22, which would include a 223, which is you know, largely the so, AR-15 round. So you, you believe that every weapon that takes a detachable magazine that can take a 22 round or, or 556 in military parlance should be defined as an assault weapon? Um, let me clarify. Uh, what I believe I just said is any semi-automatic rifle. Um, with, okay, any semi-automatic rifle. Um, what? That's the definition. A detachable magazine that takes a 5.56 or 22 round should be defined as an assault weapon. Senator, um, you asked me um, if ATF um, had uh, used this term, and I was sharing with you my knowledge of a program in which ATF has defined this term. Uh, 
But you were asked to define the term, and you are somebody who believes in gun control, and you are somebody who believes in banning assault weapons, and now the question is whether or not you can explain what those assault weapons are, and you won't do it. You won't do it. Well, considering there's no such thing as an assault weapon. It doesn't exist. It's not real. It's not real. This is an anti-gun zealot. You want to know why you can't get guns? You know why you can't get ammunition? Guys like this. The amount. Now, here's a great example of fear buying. Fear buying is why people are buying guns left and right. Ammo. Out. Forget it. It's nuts. Answers like this are crazy. Absolutely incredible nuts. Now someone's got to answer whether or not uh, Senator Sinema of Arizona or Senator Manchin of West Virginia will confirm this dude. You confirm this guy? Cheapers? It's a simple question. Nope. Let me let me not answer that. Huh. This is Tony Katz today.